women to overcome the fear of writing and publishing their books. And I'm so excited to have Cory Minkus from the US with me. Cory Minkus is a very successful entrepreneur, advocate for business founders and a culture shifter. She is the CEO and founder of Rock Your Product, the number one global product business advisory and growth training company. As a global brand strategist and physical product-based business scale expert, Corey has launched and scaled hundreds of products and worked with brands generating billions of dollars. With a passionate, heart-centered approach, Corey inspires, consults, advises and mentors entrepreneurs. She has trained over 100,000 businesses, delivering results through award-winning systems and generating profitable market share growth. As an international speaker, Corey is a sought-after expert in physical products, consumer psychology and fast multipliers through channel distribution. And last but not least, Corey is also the co-author of the upcoming book, Be From Passion to Purpose and Product and Prosperity, together with Ashley Black and Lisa Rankin. Their book is a multi-dimensional approach to bringing out the magic in you, braided with universal truth and the power of the divine feminine. This book is all about being happy, aligned and intentional in life and business. So welcome, Corey, to the show. Wow. Thank you, <laughs> Esther. That was so awesome. Wow. It's fun to hear everything um, for little pieces <laughs> of what life has looked like. So um, thank you so much for having me. And I am honored to be on your podcast. Um, just being part of living without fear. This is such an amazing mission you're on. And helping women understand how they can overcome fears of publishing books, which is something I have recently done. So, so resonates for me. Anyways, thank you for having me. Thank you, Corey. So let's jump right into the first question, which is very often, what has been the turning moments in your life? That's great, Esther. Thank you for asking. So such a profound question you ask, and I'm sure for many, <laughs> There are certainly different turning points for each of us, right? <clears throat> it's incredible how as we evolve, <laughs> there are different turning points sometimes within the day, <laughs> within the month, within the year. But to answer your question, probably my most significant turning point was when I was young. And um, I came from a family that was a very loving, amazingly supportive family two brothers who I still to this day adore and love, and a mother and father who were heavily committed to our education, our academics, and having a very grounded life and experience. So when I was about eight years old and I was in school and uh, the educators that I was working with at my elementary school identified that I had some kind of learning disability. And so they started to do tests and um, examine different opportunities that I could be challenged with. And they essentially discovered through that process what they coined as 
a learning disability in different areas of my academic life. And so they called my parents in and, and I sat down with them. And again, I was very young. I was eight years old. And I remember sitting in the, the classroom, you know, when you had those like little chairs that you sat in, right? So your mom and dad sit in the little chairs with you and at this little table, and there were about four educators who were sitting across from us. And at that time, they started going through the test results and explaining to my parents what it looked like and what it was about. And at that meeting, they went on to tell my parents that my learning disability was gonna impact my ability, not only academically, but that I should accept the reality that there were certain things I was not going to be able to achieve in my life. And it was as if the experience was, you know, it's like one of those moments where like the world starts flashing around you and you're trying to figure out, is this my life? Is this somebody else's life that I'm sitting in? And what is this information that's being delivered to me that's so profound? And, um, you know, at that meeting, they were, they told my parents, I probably would, you know, struggle to graduate from high school. I would likely never go on to academic achievement in college. and it was amazing to me that they could predict as if they had a crystal ball, what the outcome was. And so at that time, you know, we left the meeting and of course it was devastating for, for me, it was devastating. It was, it was a huge blow to my confidence. Um, it was a reality check of life. And, and then for my family, right. Who was, you know, who was very supportive of academics and, very supportive of the academic journey and, um, you know, wanted us to be successful children, of course, but what, what more can a parent ask? So at that time, at a very young age, I realized I was faced with a decision in my life that was very important. And what I really recognized at that time, at that meeting, was that you have a choice in life. And that choice is to either accept other people's limiting beliefs of yourself or you become unstoppable and you create the outcomes you want in your life. And it really was an incredible turning point for me in my life, recognizing that we all have choices. And those choices are we either believe and accept what other people believe that they see in us, or we believe and accept what we want to accept and we create the life and the outcome that we want to create. And so in every decision I've had to make since then, it has been a foundation of strength for me to um, prove them wrong, <laughs> create the life and the outcome that I believe is what I'm possible of. And, um, and that's what I've gone on to do in every aspect of my life. And it's never easy. <laughs> There's always a process. And sure enough, I do have learning disabilities that, you know, affected the way that I, I learned. Um, but I very quickly found ways and with the support of my parents to overcome those things. And yeah, did I have to work 10 times harder than somebody else to do certain things? Absolutely. But you know what? It made me stronger. It made me smarter. It made me more courageous. Um, it made me more proud when I got that A, um, but it was all worth the journey. And so I am where I am today because of that turning point. So thanks for asking, Esther. So amazing. Do you remember you were so small eight? Do you remember what you told yourself in your head? Was there something I will yeah. prove them wrong or was it what was yeah, it? It was. It was. It was one of those things where I and and I still to this day, I'm gonna be 50 years old in March. 
I still to this day remind myself that, um, in fact, that's what's on my necklace. Um, that is, is something that I wear every day, which is to be unstoppable, right? Is to be unstoppable because the only person stopping somebody is themselves. I mean, in true reality, I mean, we can point fingers, we can point blame, we can hold other people accountable. Um, but in reality, if we don't first hold ourselves accountable, then we really aren't fulfilling the life that we were given. And so for me, a hundred percent from that day forward, it was always about how am I going to accomplish things? I love challenge. I love when people challenge me and say, it's just not possible. You know, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You know, you did this. I mean, look, I'll be the first to profess. I am so not perfect. <laughs> you know, there is no perfection in being unstoppable. And so the, the lesson I've told myself really from that time is just achieve every opportunity that you can achieve and go after it, be unstoppable. Because let's be honest, and you talk about living without fear, right? Being unstoppable is about being fearless because there's fear every time I turn a corner. I remember, Esther, when I left the boardroom about five years ago and I started speaking on stages globally and getting interviewed and the camera would be stuck in my face and I couldn't even articulate words. And people were like, how can you be such an articulate human being and you can't even speak in front of a camera? And I realized I had this massive fear of a camera. I, I, I did since I was a child, actually. It was maybe that place of like truly being seen, right? And maybe not being able to correct what you said. And it's, it took me a good year <laughs> before I was really comfortable doing that. And believe me, I did it with fear. And I mean, I spent the last 18 months of my life writing this book and believe me, <laughs> I did it with fear, but the fear energizes me, right? The fear helps me understand that it's like, it's like, a, it's, um, it's like an energy that burns from within because fear to me is what pushes you to be unstoppable. And fear is what pushes you to try new things in life. And for me, life just becomes boring fast. Like you got to continue to challenge yourself, right? And that's, that's what I love about life. So I would say that that is kind of the momentum that I've carried in my head since I was young, which is, you know, take the risk because the rewards on the other side are something new and refreshing. And, you know, and even if you fail, what's the worst? I mean, believe me, I have had massive failures in my life massive, you know, of on every scale, that'll be my next book, right? <laughs> but the reality is that without that fear, and without driving those opportunities, I wouldn't have had those failures and had those valleys to go back up to the peaks. And look, the valleys can be just as much fun as the peaks if you figure out how to get out of them. So um, yeah, that's it. I love problem solving, Esther. I will tell you that something that we're not, our children are not taught enough about how to problem solve in life. And, um, you know, it's kind of like when we were young. I mean, you and I are probably around the same age, right? We used to play board games and do puzzles, like literally put the puzzle pieces together. And I don't mean digitally, I mean, on the, you know, on the table, right? We'd put the puzzle pieces together. And there was a lot of strategy in that. And um, I grew up in a family that was all about problem solving, right? Here's the problem. Let's figure out the solution. And so that's how I operate in my business today. That's how I that's how I do things with my friends. <laughs> you know, that's how I run my family. So that's just such an important part of life is problem solving. And um, to me, fear and taking risks is all about solving problems. 
would you like to share another moment where you were really deep or it was a big failure for you and you had to get yourself into your unstoppable being again? Well, sure. <laughs> you want me to reveal all my secrets on one phone call? <laughs> um, so sure. So, um, so I have been with my husband for now it's been 32 years. Now, if anyone is married um, or with a, or, or in a relationship for 32 years, uh, they know that that is of no easy task. <laughs> no easy task. And when we um, lived through the recession together, um, we had a, um, a significant um, financial uh, hit that we took during uh, those years in our marriage. And at that time, we had some really important choices to make in our life. Um, and of course, it tested our relationship to a depth and a degree that um, you know, was extraordinarily significant. And it took us many years to recover from that. And we had choices that we could make, right? A choice always is to no longer stay in a committed marriage and, and kind of take our own paths. But what we chose to do at that time was take our own path together. And what we chose to do was rediscover ourselves during that experience so that we can then rediscover ourselves together. And um, I'm proud to say that it was a very challenging time. It was, a, um, it was an opportunity for us to each rediscover ourselves as adults because we'd fallen in love as children. <laughs> we fell in love when we were 17 and 18 years old. And then we had hit these really hard times as adults, right? We worked hard for our money. We made lots of choices um, and recognized, you know, some of them may not have been the best choices. And so we had to really rediscover what life was like. But I think one of the things that we did that was so significant was that we did that for ourselves and we took that time for ourselves to then be able to give back to a really fruitful relationship to each other. Because really, you, you can't be in a relationship, I don't care if it's with a friend, with a spouse, with your children, unless you are whole with yourself. And that was a really important lesson for us. And I, you know, I, I had many friends who I had told, I didn't think the marriage was going to last. Um, you know, I think we both weren't sure the marriage was going to last, but we realized that we had a choice at that point to make. And that, that choice was we could either, uh, you know, find separate paths or we could recommit to ourselves to recommit to that relationship. And it taught me so much about myself and since that turning point, my relationship with not only my spouse has been different, but my relationship with my children has been so much more fruitful and beautiful. Um, and my relationship with my friends, my communities, my business partners. Um, I was just at a, an event the other night and um, there was about 100 people there. And a girlfriend was just saying to me last night, you know, you're so impressive how you move around a room and connect with people. And it really, it, it, has come from and was founded from those turning points in my life when you think that um, things can't look up, <laughs> it, you know, you're just in those dark moments and you realize that there's such a sense of appreciation for what we have and those people that change our lives, craft our lives, inspire us um, and, and really um, become who we are, right? And so I would say that's another significant turning point in my life. And if there's anything I can help to 
to create for others is that, you know, we have choices in our relationships of people around us. Um, I'm not a proponent of staying in an unhealthy relationship. I'm very fortunate that I have a spouse and a husband who chose to also work on himself, um, which is very important to be with people who are about ascension and evolution. Um, but they have to discover that for their, their self, right? You can't force somebody to discover that. You have to just sit back and let them discover that themselves. So that was a significant turning point that <clears throat> quite frankly allowed us to go on and have a fruitful marriage, a fruitful relationship. And, you know, at this present moment, I'm proud to say that, you know, where we're at in our lives is, is really beautiful in the life that we've created around us. And it's been a lot of hard work <laughs> every single day. It's a hard work and, and it's hard work to have a, a good relationship with people around you. And, and everyone knows that, right? You can't have a good relationship without starting with yourself and then being able to project that outward. Thank you so much for sharing this private, mm. private point. How yeah. about in business life? Did it occur that you were really devastated, really at the dark point? And then what did you tell yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and Esther's such a profound thing. So at the time when we were going through that time, I was working, I was in corporate. And so I was working, you know, in, in multinational country, uh, companies globally traveling and doing my thing. Um, my husband owned his own business at the time. He has always been in business for himself. Um, and so he definitely had a massive impact in his business, recognizing that it was really hard to give of himself when he was feeling incomplete in parts of his life. And I also found it harder to resonate the purity of who I was. So, I mean, it definitely had a profound impact on both of us, right? But differently, because I was in a different position than he was. But it helped us both realize that it doesn't matter whether it's private, personal, corporate, like life is seamless, right? And when something is going on in one aspect of your life, even with friendships, our, you know, our friendships were being impacted um, because they weren't true and authentic. And so one of the biggest aha moments I had coming out of that was that the more you can authentically <clears throat> align yourself in your life, the more all of life feels more pure. And so I'm not afraid to hide the way that I feel. I mean, I was like, I was, you know, I was shameful of everything we were going through. I mean, oh my gosh, we had lost like over seven figures, you know, it was like, how could we be so stupid and foolish? But, you know, then you realize that it's literally just money. It's literally just money. And Money is so insignificant to the love, the relationships, your health, <laughs> you know, all those things that really become priorities um, and the people, you know, I love the saying, uh, the song from Barbara Streisand, you know, people who need people are the lucky, luckiest people in the world. You know, one of my favorite songs on the planet, of course, I love Barbara Streisand too, but, you know, really having people around you is so significant to, um, I mean, it's a gift, right? Every day to have the right people around you and the experiences in life that those people bring for you. So, you know, to me, that was the essence of that experience. I mean, it just changed everything for me. And um, I, I think each experience in life that we have 
being present to that experience and what the lessons are that we learn. I know that we don't know what those lessons are sometimes when we're in the midst of those really tough times, right? Like you're like, why is this happening to me? But in reality, the outcome of those circumstances is what really um, drives the, um, the outcomes to your life. And that's only if you allow yourself to be open to it, right? How many people close themselves off to those hard times and try to eliminate them from their lives or forget about them? But I am all about accepting all of the things that have happened to me from the good things to the bad things, because I think all of them have really just added up to who I am today. And I'm grateful for all of it. So I hope that answers that question mm -hmm. and helps everyone kind of walk away from those experiences saying, you know, wait a minute, I know these were really hard lessons, but how is that going to shape my, my life for the better? And, and how do I learn from that, grow from that and just become a better human being for it? So yeah, that's kind of mm. how those experiences worked out for me. Thank you. How about the book writing? You said the 18, 18 last month. Did I? Yes, that's that? right, Esther. Yeah. <laughs> so I, let's see, how, how can I start with this one? So, you know, growing up with a learning disability and being told that academically, I, I didn't have the same academic prowess as let's just call it my peers. You know, that was a huge blow to my psyche, <laughs> you know, like what, you know, how can that be? So writing a book to me sounded like an overwhelming, daunting task, right? Just an overwhelming, daunting task. But hey, in my years of taking on challenges and overcoming them and being unstoppable, this to me was like running a marathon, right? You know, people who run and train for marathons and they say, I'm going to run, you know, what is it, 18 miles, 22 miles? I, can't, I think it's 22 miles. I can't remember. Whatever that is, like, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment, right, for people to, to overcome those things. So for me, writing this book was one of those things that was, like, massively facing fears, fears of judgment, fears of, um, you know, putting myself out there, um, fears of having my name in a book that people didn't accept, you know, all those things. And so um, it was recommended to me to write a book. And by several people. And they said, you know, look, if you're going to be an expert in your field, if you're going to be taken seriously, again, I'm not so sure it's necessary to write a book just to be taken seriously. In fact, <laughs> I can assure you that's not necessary. But writing a book is an accomplishment, right? And no matter what way you look at it. In fact, um, I say it's, it's like literally delivering a baby. So like giving birth, but like it lasted like 18 months. <laughs> so like that, you know, 12 hours or 24 hours of labor, man, this lasted 18 months. I mean, it was, it was a crazy journey, but one of the greatest gifts that happened was um, I had decided I was going to write this book. And shortly after I decided that I met Lisa Vranken. And um, when uh, the pandemic started was I had, I had been on the road, which, you know, Esther nonstop traveling the world and literally the first quarter of 2020, you know, we were all over the planet, you know, Hawaii, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, you know, Singapore, I mean, Alt Tel Aviv, I mean, I was all over the place. And I was flying home, I knew I was going home in March and was going to get a chance to kind of exhale and start my book. And my last event uh, at the beginning of March, I met Lisa Franken live, we had met about a year before that. But she actually came to see me live at this event. And we met we totally hit it off. Um, she's an incredibly brilliant woman, um, so grounded in who she is. And I just, 
I loved her from the beginning. It was like just this kind of magical divine. And we were introduced by another uh, student of ours, um, uh, Sasha Ferguson, who I have to give credit to, who's had this divine intention of saying, hey, you know, you ladies need to get together because I know you're going to you're going to just connect. And we did. And um, so I told Lisa I was going to start writing this book. And she's like, hey, can we write this book together? And I said, oh, my God, this is like the most brilliant idea ever, because who wants to write a book by themselves? Not me. Right. <laughs> and she's super articulate and so intelligent. And, and she's um, she had already um, written a book. I don't think she I, th I think she published something, but I don't think she actually published the book that she'd fully written. She's now since then written and been part of another book she's publishing but extremely eloquent. But anyways, it was a perfect match. It was like a match made in heaven. So we started writing together. And shortly after we started writing, um, we had hired a book coach and the book coach got sick. And um, we're not really sure. I mean, I, God bless her. I, I, I think she did get sick. I'm not sure if she was sick of us. <laughs> she had a health issue. And so Lisa and I were like, oh my God, like, <laughs> What are we going to do? Because this, we don't know how to write a book. I mean, we do, but we don't, right? So that's why you hire a book coach, right? So anyways, we ended up reaching out to someone we both mutually knew, um, Ashley Black. And um, we called her for advice. And we said, Ashley, can you give us some advice? We were going to maybe hire another book coach or, um, you know, a ghostwriter. Like, we didn't know what to do, right? So, I mean, and we'd already written, I don't know, maybe four chapters of the book and we were just stuck. <laughs> so, um, and maybe stuck in a little bit of fear, but, you know, we figured we'd find a way through it. So anyway, we were calling friends, getting advice. And we were on the phone with Ashley for like three hours. And at the end of the call, I said to Ashley, like, do you want to write this book with us? And um, <laughs> she said, hell yeah, I want to write this book with you ladies. This is so something that resonated for her. Um that it was literally this divine intervention of the three of us coming together. And we oh all, God. we all believe in this mission so much. And really it's bringing, um, it's bringing the experience to female entrepreneurs about what female entrepreneurship looks like. Right. Um, because we have grown up in such a masculine world of business as females. And, and I can attest to that after spending 25 years in corporate and going from, you know, being a, a very, uh, feminine woman, you know, I was a figure skater and uh, a, a ballet dancer. And, you know, I was the best of the best loving my sparkling costumes and all those things to working in a very corporate setting for 25 years, where I was the only female at the boardroom table for many, many years. I'd respected my male counterparts to the, to the, and still do, right. Still do. Um, you know, I, I have two boys. I love my husband. I love my two brothers. I love my male counterparts. But realizing that I grew up in a very masculine world, I became masculine. And so this book to all of us really resonates and defines this passion, this purpose, and this prosperity, which is all part of the divine feminine spirit and is all about creating an intentional experience around your, your life and your business, which really just comes together as an entrepreneur. And so the words, the stories, the practices in this book, um, the, um, the movements that we create in this book really help female entrepreneurs to redefine their journey as an entrepreneur. And it's really a supportive guide because um, the three of us are extraordinarily accomplished businesswomen who 
have all had extraordinarily difficult business journeys, you know, and still to this day have challenges, but have understood that to accomplish those things, to overcome the challenges, it really requires you to ground down in these different aspects of your life. It's not just about business. In fact, as you know, Esther, really business is maybe about 20% business, right? It's a 25% business acumen and knowledge, but the breakthroughs and the advancements and the motivation comes from what drives you, what you're, you're passionate about and being intentional in the experiences that you create around you. So this book has been a, a, a labor of love. <laughs> it's actually evolved many times into something a little bit different. It was originally written as a very hardcore business book about <laughs> launching and scaling products. And then we realized that part of the entrepreneur journey, like we weren't balancing enough. And it was really good experience for all of us to realize we weren't even balancing in the book enough, those other dimensions of being a businesswoman, right? The passion, the purpose, and the prosperity. And so um, talking about fear and facing fear, because you know, we are fortunate enough that um, we got a, a book publishing deal immediately, which was amazing. Um, obviously, Ashley being a best-selling author already helped to kind of launch that experience for us. And we're grateful to her for that. Um, and, and we were able to then evolve this, this experience through working with just a really great writing team to understand how to create a book that is no ordinary business book by any stretch. Um, but really a collaboration of the three of our experiences in that entrepreneurial journey, and then helping others see themselves in our journey, right? To create their own opportunity and purpose-driven outcomes as being a female entrepreneur. So um, that's what this book was about. Wow. That's going to be very exciting, Corey. Thank you. Oh. It's, um, it is uh, out there now. Um, meaning you can pre you can pre-buy it. Um, so it is out there uh, on any place that books are published. You can find them online uh, as well as it will be in bookstores. We, uh, the book is actually launching the first half of 2022 because of all the delays of things these days. We don't have actually a pub date yet, but we're thinking it's gonna be March or April of 2022 that'll actually be on bookshelves. But um, we are working towards that. It's, it, the book is officially done. It's in editing. It's in the publisher's hands. We're super excited about that. And I'll tell you what, it is, um, it is absolutely a labor of love. And I am incredibly grateful to be part of this journey that I've been part of with Lisa and Ashley. They're extremely brilliant women. They challenge me uh, mm -hmm. to think harder, be better, be smarter. <laughs> And I have to tell you that um, we started uh, a podcast, a live podcast that we do every week, which I know Esther, you're part of, called The Writing of the Book. And it's uh, a Facebook Live that we do every week. We have almost 10,000 women who um, come in and out of uh, that podcast every week. Uh, we've been doing it for just over a year. And we're honored to have such an amazing tribe of women who come to experience um, ascension, elevation, um, self-evaluation <laughs> through those experiences. And our podcast really, we take, you know, we honor a lot of female entrepreneurs through that experience that have gone through their own passion, facing their own purpose in their businesses 
um, the business challenges that they've faced through their entrepreneurial journey and what prosperity looks like to them. And so it's really a, a beautiful place of discovery. And um, we are we're extremely excited. I don't even know how many episodes we've done. I'd have to go back and count. I mean, it's been at least 52 because we've done it over a year. And um, we've had celebrities on there with us. And it's like, you kind of never know who's going to pop in, which is pretty awesome too. Um, and we've got, we're, we're not planning to stop. I mean, we've actually, for the three of us, it's become um, kind of our weekly um, place to be together and connect as women in business and be open, right? And be fearless. And so we invite um, any women who want to be part of a tribe that elevates, supports, challenges, right? You have to challenge each other to think smarter, do more. And, you know, we always talk about the fact that if you're not in a room that elevates your thinking, then you need to go find a new room because you, the more you're challenged in life, the more you get to experience more things in life. And um, if you're an entrepreneur or thinking of being an entrepreneur, um, globally, I mean, you know, I consult businesses around the world in the Middle East and, you know, of course, throughout Europe and, you know, all over the world and Asia, it, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, female entrepreneurs face the same challenges. And um, I say the more you share with the universe, the more the universe will share with you. And so be open to that, right? Be open to that experience. And if the writing of the book's not the right place for you, then find somewhere else that is that's gonna give you the opportunity to really elevate. Um, but I have to tell you, the women have created amazing bonds and networks. Um, they have, they rely on each other, right? To show up for each other every week and be super supportive. And we are totally open to women coming into our network and posting about your business and sharing what you've done and your accomplishments um, because that's how you elevate yourself. And if you're not willing to elevate yourself then other people are not gonna help you to elevate. And so that's something that we encourage and really push through that experience. So anyways, the writing of our book has been such a great journey for all three of us. And during that journey, we each have evolved so much. I mean, we've grown so much in our own business lives and acumen. I mean, Lisa has accomplished, I'm so proud of her, what she's done over the last two years. And, you know, Ashley, I mean, her I mean, Ashley has almost 6 million followers around the world and what she stands for and represents is incredible. And the doors that have opened and the opportunities of, of my career um, really over the last two years, since I've gotten off the road <laughs> and really been into developing new dimensions of my career has just, um, it has just blossomed. And so I'm grateful. And I'm not just grateful over the last few years, but oh my God, I've had, you know, 30 years of business uh, experiences. And I can just tell you, Esther, every single, you know, every single one of those opportunities and people and relationships, just like yourself, who I met, you know, what, almost four years ago, right? Each of those relationships, like I have so fostered those relationships and invested in them. And I can tell you, it's been worth that investment because um, the people around me that are incredibly supportive of the journey are just amazing. I met people on the internet two years ago when COVID started. And today they have become a really valuable part of my journey and my tribe. And so it doesn't matter if you meet people virtually or live, you know, it just doesn't matter. So anyways, yeah, it's uh, the, the writing of the book and the journey of B is 
something I'm super proud that other women are going to be able to be part of and experience in their life. And I've had people tell me they're buying the book for their daughters and their aunts and their mothers. And, you know, it really is an opportunity because we don't care what age you are. The average age of an entrepreneur is 45. And there are more female entrepreneurs launching and growing their businesses today than ever before. And with you know, over 2 million women just in the U.S. alone who left the workforce during COVID, like they are not going back to that, that same way of doing things. And so, you know, looking at how do you want to reinvent your life? I mean, be a female entrepreneur, you know, mm -hmm. and even if you take that entrepreneurial spirit back into a corporate setting, that's fine too. But stand for something, you know, and, and try to create that opportunity that really aligns for you in your life. It, it, it's a magical experience for sure. So. So beautiful, Corey. Thank you, Esther. <laughs> Where would you like people reach out to you? Oh, well, I mean, wherever they want, they can find me <laughs> on um, <clears throat> the writing of the book on the Facebook. Um, they can certainly uh, write me at um, directly at my email. I, you know, I'm at Corey at so it's k-o-r-i-e at rockyourproduct.com or call me <laughs> you know i have a number too so i love when people call me or text me you know like to me that's so magically divine i think people lose the essence of you know picking up the phone and calling people and um you know on the bottom of my email is my phone number i don't i don't hide that right just call me you know call me to share your vision, your mission, your your stories, your um, your needs. Um, you know, I uh, today I I do many things. Today I I work with private clients mostly around the world, um, which I'm blessed and honored. I have some of the most amazing clients. I'm so grateful to work with, um, and I'm very particular about who I work with these days. I you know I've done this a long time, and I feel that I have the privilege and honor to be able to dissect who I want to work with um, because I really want to work with people who really want to achieve, right? I want people who are going to be accountable to their business. And, um, and I'm there as a, um, a tool, a support, a, um, uh, a leverage for growth, but I'm not there as a, um, as an accountability partner, right? It's not what I want to be for people. I want to give them massive possibilities in their lives and their businesses. And of course, as you know, I mean, the track record has been amazing and what I've been able to accomplish over 30 years. And so I'm confident that I can transfer that experience and knowledge and I have to my clients. So it's been a, a great journey. So I'm doing that. I'm, I'm working on several boards, which I'm honored. I just got accepted to another board this week um, <laughs> to be a board advisor for different companies. Um, again, very selective of who I work with and, and really want to make sure I'm supporting the right missions and values. Um, and then I've recently, which is crazy, I, I can't talk too much about it, but um, I'm recently involved in um, a founding experience with a technology company. So maybe by the time you air this, I'll have already accepted uh, the, the position with that company. But it kind of is something I feel like I've manifested because years ago, um, I started to recognize some of the inefficiencies for product-based business owners in the way they have to run their companies today. And although I wasn't smart enough to, to create the technology on my own, I am 
incredibly blessed that I manifested the right team around me. And um, just two weeks ago, we were in New York City and got our first round of funding, which is amazing. Yep. So um, and just this week, we're closing on that deal and going into a second round of funding um, beginning of 2022. So super exciting adventure that I can't even believe I'm facing and, um, and grateful for that too. So there's just so many wonderful things um, that you can create and, and make happen. And I am a huge believer in manifestation. <laughs> it's happened several times in my life. And I encourage people to, if you don't know anything about manifestation, buy a book, do some research, <laughs> figure out what that looks like for you in your life, um, you know, and put your energies towards the things that you can control, not the things you can't control, and really focus around the outcomes that you want to create in your life because um, it really is a magical experience. And then talk to me in like three to five years and I'll let you know, we'll, we'll do an update Esther in three to five years and I'll let you know how that all comes to fruition for me. So yeah. Congratulations, Corey. Thanks. So um, to end three last truth for our audience, what would it be? Oh gosh, this is always such a good question, right? Because life is full of so many lessons and so many truths. Um, so three things I've learned. So um, as I mentioned, I'm turning 50 in 2022. So it's pretty divine, almost like, and I'm, I'm definitely like not afraid to show my energy, my, um, my passion, my, um, my sincerity and my, my emotions. <laughs> so I could cry, but um, in 2022, I'll turn 50 and divinely my book will be published. Um, a big fear that I had to overcome. I am hopefully moving into this incredible new opportunity with this technology company. And I look at where I'm at with my consulting business and it could not be more robust and divine and the experiences in life. And then I look at my family and I have um, just fostered an amazing family. I'm so proud of my children and, and where they are in their lives, although they're just getting started, right? One's in college and one's still in high school. So, you know, they have a long road ahead of them. But taking the time to teach them the real values of life to me is what's so important. And then not, not traveling the last couple of years um, has been divine because I traveled a ton and always said, oh, my kids don't need me anymore. They're teenagers or they're young adults. But I realize now that I'm home, they need me now more than ever. And so um, it's great to be here. So, so many lessons. I think one of the things that my girlfriends have taught me, um, which is amazing that I, you know, I mean, people always ask me like, how do you juggle everything in your life? I have no idea. <laughs> in fact, Esther, when we got on today, you said, do you sleep, Corey? Like, <laughs> do you ever sleep? Um, but I, but I don't sleep because I love life, but I mean, I do sleep, but you know, it's, it's, I don't need a lot of sleep. Um, I used to figure skate at 5.00 AM in the morning when I was young. So I think I just never, that never changed for me, you know, getting up early and starting your day early. But the one thing my girlfriends taught me was to stop and smell, smell the roses and be present in my life. And so I'm grateful to my girlfriends who over the last decade have really helped me to understand that you have to create presence in your life because if you don't, life moves way too fast and you won't get to enjoy the beauty of the simplicity of the moments that you have. And so for me, 
smelling the roses has been something I've learned over the last um, several years. And then number two is um, people, other people can actually elevate you. And so be open to talk and connect with everyone. Now, many of us don't fly as much as we used to, right? I used to be on a plane every single week and I actually did that for almost 30 years until COVID shut us down. But I was on a plane, like I said, two weeks ago, going to New York. And as I'm on this flight, of course, it was at like 6 a.m. in the morning. I could have literally taken my pillow and gone to sleep for two hours because <laughs> I had a full day of meeting, meetings in New York. But instead, I ended up talking to this guy who I was sitting next to on the plane. And it could not have been a more divine conversation. The connections to the new experience I'm moving into, the reason I was going to New York, um, and then finding that he's actually connected to one of my best friend's siblings. I mean, just the craziness of actually just opening up and talking to people and being super connective to learn from people and el be elevated by people. That's number two. So number one, smell the roses. Number two, let people elevate you. And then number three is absolutely my belief that the more that you give out the more you get back. And it's not that I give because I want to get, it's that you give and that you do get. And so the more you give the universe, the more the universe gives back to you. And if that's not been reminded to me over and over and over again, I'm, I'm in awe of where life has taken me, um, again, through some really hard hardships. But the more that you believe in yourself and you give that out, the more it just comes back to you. So I, you know, today I, I, I feel more grateful than ever to have had the journey that I've had, the hard times, the challenging times, you know, I mean, you know, I am for sure one of, you know, one of those hardworking individuals where um, I give and I don't stop because I love what I do and who I am. It's not because I'm, anyone forces me to do it. It's completely self-conflicted. I mean, self-inflicted rather not conflicted, self-inflicted. Um, you know, I don't have a boss right now. I, I, I am my own boss, um, but I'm super competitive with myself, not with others. And that drives me to give the universe everything I've got. And so um, that's what I believe the journey of life is about, right? Why are we here if we don't do that? In fact, um, Les Brown, who I had the pleasure of meeting uh, over the last five years and, and spending some great time on the planet, if anyone's never seen Les Brown speak, they should go see Les Brown speak. <laughs> Right. And um, we shared some private moments um, throughout our, our journey on the road together. And I used to sit with him in, in the green room before he'd go on stage. And, you know, we would talk and he would share his brilliance and his wisdom. And, you know, he would talk about the fact that, like, it's, it's ride or die. Like, if you, don't, if you don't live life to the fullest, what's the point in living life? And for a man who um, was diagnosed with cancer and who was told he was going to die and then, really found ways to overcome that, that sense of, um, you know, true physical um, health issues. Um, and he called me towards the beginning of COVID and told me that he was just told that he was cancer free, which was amazing. Um, and has always given so much of who he is and his passion and love to inspire others. He so inspired me and reminded me that it doesn't matter what age you are or where you came from, what culture or background or color, it doesn't matter who you are, that 
life can be what you want it to be. You just have to have the vision and then you got to do it. <laughs> you can't rely on others to make it happen for you. And so to me, those are the lessons in life. You know, listen to everyone, learn what you can and then apply it in your own life so that your life can be fruitful and meaningful and, and beautiful, um, which is something we talk about in our book, you know, live your best life in your beautiful self because that's all you got, right? You just got you. And if you do you, everything else is gonna fall into place. So those are my important lessons in life that I've learned and that I would love to share with your audience and with you and anyone that really wants to be inspired for themselves, right? It's not about competing against others in this world. It really is about competing against yourself. And that's what the divine feminine is all about, right? Inspiration and, and intuition, right? Intuition about what's really important to yourself. So. Wow, Corey, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your inspiring talk, really. Oh, I'm so honored you. to have you had here. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm so honored to, Esther, and I give you so much grace and um, really the, the fact that you've done almost 100 episodes of this podcast and your commitment, your commitment not only be an amazing publisher, but to also be um, selfless and, and create an experience for others to find a place to um, live without fear and be elevated is just, um, is amazing. You know, there's a lot of podcast work that's done today and a lot of expression of things, but I know you're very purposeful in the way that you select your guests and you create an experience for others to be part of. So thank you for that. And thank you for all your support over the years and being part of the writing of the book and, and bringing your brilliance, your love and your energy to everything we do. So thank you for that as well. Thank you, Corey.